The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. Well, good evening and welcome to another week. It is Monday evening, 6.33. Good to have you along on the show uh, to begin uh, kick off the week here in the Employment Law Show. John Scholes, as always, your host and the uh, the guy with the brains, the brain power. That would be Alex Luchafero, courtesy Sanfiru Tamarkin, stlawyers.ca. Reach out to Alex anytime. He's a good guy. Would like to talk to you if you have any issues at work. It's a phone call that won't cost you anything just to pick it up and ask a few questions. one 821 5900 is how we go about doing that, right? And the email you can use anytime is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll try to get to some of those tonight. Not sure if we will. Main topic, the worst times for an employer to terminate an employee. Uh-oh, we're going to get to that here in just a bit. Case of the day, Alex. What do you got cooking, pal? Good Monday evening to you, John. Back yeah. at it. Uh, thanks very much uh, for uh, the uh, lovely compliments. Uh, always great to be here, of course, and be back live on the air talking employment law and workplace rights for employees and severance and layoffs and uh, everything in between. If it has to do with your work, with your employment uh, rights, we, of course, cover it all here on this very uh, show. We had a great last Monday uh, John filled with uh, callers, and so hoping to make it another another one tonight. If you're mm. uh, itching and having a hard time at work, and you know being tortured by a difficult situation, maybe you're losing sleep over it, maybe you're just kind of overly stressed about it. Do not, do not keep those kinds of problems to yourself. If you're dealing with a situation at work, odds are an employment lawyer can assist. Odds are your question is valid. Your concerns are valid. And odds are, John, as you very well know, you have rights and protections when it comes to your workplace. You are not meant to suffer in silence as an employee if your boss is mistreating you, maybe speaking down to you, maybe punishing you in some form or fashion, or if your terms of employment are being changed and you're being asked to do things that are completely different to what you've been doing for all those years in your work or that you never signed up for, or of course, if you've been let go from your job or you're being uh, you know, terminated for cause for one reason or another. That's obviously a very serious situation. In any one of those cases, you need advice from an employment lawyer. You need to speak with a professional with respect to your situation. We still have a ton of stuff going on, uh, John, in most workplaces, still seeing a ton of uh, permanent uh, layoffs, unfortunately, lots of employers. And we saw it with, uh, with a few big employers this week, uh, John, letting... Uh, employees go, letting lots of employees go. Of course, those employees are being offered severance. Uh, Oftentimes, we see those severance packages being far, far less than what employees are actually owed when it comes to severance and still getting a ton of other questions, of course, whether it's, again, layoffs. Uh, Lots of employers, John, I've seen this a ton over the past week or two, implementing cost-cutting challenges or cost-cutting changes rather in the workplace that could lead to what we call a constructive dismissal. Uh, and case in point, it speaks to our case in the day, case of the day. Uh, uh, John, I spoke to a gentleman 
hot off the press, as they say, just earlier today, this afternoon, actually had been with the same company. And this is a large national company that, uh, you know, any one of our listeners would recognize. I'm not going to say the name. Of course. Been with this company, John, for 18 years in a management level position. Uh, this gentleman's actually fairly young. He's uh, he's 43 years of age. So he's basically been with these guys, John, for his entire career. Started there uh, when he was quite young and has worked his way through the ranks and up into a management level position. And over the course of the past, I think, six months or so, John, would be fair to say, he's been dealing with a very difficult manager and a very difficult work environment. Um, again, as I was alluding to previously, John, just dealing with a manager who speaks down to him, uh, you know, uh, tends to pick on him, tends to micromanage every single thing that he does, doesn't do this to other employees or other managers of the company. He really seems to be picking on this this gentleman, again, who I spoke with uh, today. And it, you know, it got pretty bad, John, to the point that, you know, the, this guy had to take a medical leave of absence, to the point that wow. he said, you know what, I can't take this anymore. And this was just before the new year. Uh, by the way, just before the holidays. And it got to the point where he said, listen, I need some time off. He went to his doctor, explained to him the stress that this was causing him, the anxiety that this was causing him. And his doctor said, listen, you need a break. You need a medical leave of absence. And that's exactly what his doctor did. And so this gentleman's been on a medical leave of absence for the past several weeks, about six weeks uh, or so, give or take. And he had reached a point last week, John, where he was effectively ready to return back to work. He's you know, found some coping mess mechanisms. Sure. He's had some treatment, and he's ready to tackle his employment again. He's keen, you know, eager to get back to work. Uh, his his doctor, uh, John, and this is something that is very common, by the way, when we're talking about medical leaves of absence and returning to work after a medical leave of absence. His doctor gave him some accommodations, very very basic stuff. John, his doctor said, you know, A, you should probably go back on a gradual return back to work. So for the first couple of weeks, don't work more than 30 hours a week. You know, keep it at four or five hours per day and leave it at that. Just slowly start to get back into things. Mm -hmm. He also allowed this employee to take as many breaks during the day as he likes. If he needs to catch his breath or regroup or kind of just clear his head, uh, you know, his doctor said you should be you should have the freedom to do that. So nothing complicated here. Uh, John, very basic, basic accommodations that this employee needed to return back to work. The doctor wrote it into a note, uh, right? He, the employee submitted this note to his employer. And guess what happens, John? I, I genuinely couldn't believe it. I mean, we see some pretty wild and crazy stuff as employment lawyers here. This is a large, sophisticated employer, uh, John. This individual, very nice fellow, submitted a note to his to his employer saying, I need to take breaks whenever whenever I feel the need to, and I need to work reduced hours. His employer said no, John. His employer said, sorry, we cannot accommodate these kinds uh, of restrictions. We uh, will only allow you to return back to work when you're 100% fit, no. uh, right? We're not going to accommodate you in these ways. Huge red flag, John. You know this very well, uh, right? Based on all of the conversations we've totally. had over the years. Our longtime listeners will know this as well. This is discrimination. This is a human rights violation. John, an employer has an obligation to accommodate employees to a, actually a very high bar, a very high standard. It's what we call the point of undue hardship. hardship yeah. What that means is effectively that, listen, it's expected 
that an employer is going to have a hard time accommodating an employee with medical limitations or restrictions. It's expected that it's going to be difficult. It's expected that it's going to require some rejigging in your employment to accommodate this employee. And that's all legal and the way it should be. An employer cannot say no just because they want an employee back 100%. That's not how how it works. Again, that is a violation of the Human Rights Code in Ontario. It's also what we call a constructive dismissal. By refusing to allow this employee the opportunity to return back to work, this employer has broken the terms of employment. They've effectively breached this employee's contract of employment, even if it's a verbal contract, by the way, John. And this allows this employee now to say, you know what? Forget it. I don't even want to return anymore. I am right. going to obtain my severance entitlements. That's what this is. What a constructive dismissal gives you, John. It gives you the ability to obtain your severance entitlements, and then you know end your employment and move on to new employment. So this gentleman, John, eighteen years of service in okay. his early forties in a management level position, he is looking at I would say quite easily sixteen to eighteen months as his severance entitlements. Right, And on top of that, we now have this issue of a human rights violation. And get what? An employee can receive damages for that issue as well. Not inclusive of severance, John, over and above an employee's severance entitlements. These situations, John, and and listen, we speak to employers as well from time to time. We represent mostly employees, but we speak to employers here and there as well. And we represent a good number of employers as well. These are very, very delicate situations for an employer. When you are dealing with an employee who is returning back from medical, if they are asking for accommodations, and again, it could be a change to their schedule, it could be a change uh, to uh, you know uh, the kind of work that they do. Um, it could be hours, for it could be it could be your hours. You know, it could be a number of things. Even if it's going to be difficult for you as an employer to do these things, to accommodate these employees, maybe you have to bring in other part-time uh, or other employees to cover, or maybe you have to structure your business in some way that for a certain amount of time, you're going to have to deal with this. That is expected of you legally. You cannot simply and very blindly just say no to a situation like that. Otherwise, you end up in exactly the situation that this particular employee is in, and this particular employer is in, which is it, which is they have effectively terminated this employee. They're going to owe him a year and a half's pay. Crazy. John, which by the way is going to be, you know, a pretty high six-figure number based on how much he was earning per year. So that's not, you know, that's not going to be an insignificant outlay for this employer, and they may even owe him additional damages as well for human for a human rights violation. Be very careful when dealing with medical leaves of absence as an employer and as an employee, remember, you have rights you have rights when you take that medical leave, that your job is protected when you're on leave, and you also have rights when you're returning from that leave. You can ask for accommodations, and you have the right to return to the same position in terms of employment that you left. That accommodation wasn't like uh, – it, it, it's, it's a silly move by the employer. You know, to quote Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction, you should have better known better because it's like they're, they're not asking for an elevator or, the, or a new floor to be built for them. It is a simple accommodation, and they totally they totally crapped the bed on that one. Now it's going to cost them 18 months, plus possibly human rights damage. It's, it's a silly mistake. It's, it's, it's it crazy. is very basic. It's silly very thing. basic accommodations. I, I was quite surprised to see it. Again, especially for a large, sophisticated employer – John, obviously, whether it was HR or management, whoever made this decision has taken a mistake. They've made a big mistake. And unfortunately, the employer is going to end up paying for it. 
With that, we'll get into our one and only break, and we'll return with the worst times for an employer to terminate an employee. That's all coming up here with Alex Luchavero on the Monday night edition of the Employment, uh, Employment Law Show. Hang in there. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. So let's keep it going here, Alex. The worst times for an employer to terminate an employee. This is useful for the employers that are listening, but also employees if it uh, happens to them as well. First one is this, when an employee asks about taking a disability leave or as you kind of uh, drifted into there at the end or comes back from a disability leave, what do you think? Yeah, these are obviously situations where, and as you just very well said, John, employers should be very, very careful about when they're letting an employee uh, go and the reason ultimately why they would be letting an employee go. And from an employee's point of view, uh, John, listen. Whenever you're you're you lose your job, whenever you're let go from your job, you know the big issue, the main question to ask is going to be whether the appropriate amount of severance has been offered or not. That's usually you know it's it's questions number one, two, and three, John, on the list of priorities when you're dealing with the termination. However, there are certain circumstances where, if the reason for termination was related, for example as you just said, was related to you either asking about taking a medical leave of absence or maybe you've just recently come back from a medical leave of absence. Well, that raises a you know pretty big red flag, uh, John, that speaks to, again, the company making the decision to let you go, even, if, even just in part, right? Even if it was just a small part of the decision-making process. If, they, if the company took your medical leave or you even asking about a medical leave into account and into consideration when making the decision to let you go as an employee. Well, just like the case of the day I was talking about, that is going to be discrimination under the human rights code. I mean, it's literally the case, John, that if even 1% of the reason for letting an employee go is related to a disability or related to a medical leave of absence, that is going to be discrimination under the human rights code. It's illegal period, full stop. It's as simple as that. You cannot let an employee go because they've taken a medical leave of absence and now it's, you know, it's maybe inconvenient for the employer or the employer's replaced that employee with someone else during that medical leave. And again, even asking about a medical leave or asking about stress leave, for example, right? If you, if your employer ends up punishing you simply because you asked, and by the way, that punishment could be a termination. Obviously, that would be the most severe form of punishment in employment. But even if, you know, if you're demoted or if you're passed up for a demotion or for a promotion rather, right? Or if you're pun, maybe your schedule's changed in a negative way. If any of that is related to asking about a medical leave or asking about a stress leave, again, that'd be discrimination, John. It's completely illegal. You can file a human rights complaint. You can sue an employer uh, for discrimination. And those are claims that as an employer, you do not want to be dealing with. The worst times for that employer to let go of an employee. Uh, number two, when an employee raises bullying or misconduct allegations against a boss or coworker, hard to believe that still happens. People let go, you know, when when they bring this up, but uh, it still happens even in twenty twenty four, right? You are absolutely right, uh, John, and and we as employment lawyers, we're on the front lines of this stuff. So I could tell you from you know direct experience, uh, you know, with the people that we help, 
that it absolutely does happen in 2024. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if it's a sign of the times or, you know, maybe things, you know, as the economy contracts or, you know, things are getting more stressful, you know, workplaces are getting quite difficult to navigate. John, I do need to say we speak to lots of people every single day that are having a hard time in their workplaces, you know, either managers are overly demanding or simply don't have the traits and characteristics to manage people properly and are overly harsh with employees. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. I mean, there, there are two main points to be made when we're talking about harassment in the workplace or bullying or misconduct uh, in the workplace. An employer has effectively two main obligations here, John, and these obligations are taken extremely seriously. The first obligation that an employer has is to make sure they have a positive obligation, John, to make sure that their workplaces are free from harassment, free from bullying. You as an employer cannot just sit back and do nothing if your employees aren't getting along or if someone's claiming that they're being harassed. You have to actively step in, investigate, and make a decision and make sure that that kind of stuff isn't going on in the workplace. So that's one. Employer can't just sit back and do nothing in the face of bullying or harassment complaints, right? You actually have to step in, get involved, and solve the problem. That is a legal obligation that you have as an employer. The second point, John, and perhaps just as importantly, mm -hmm. is employees have to be free and they have the right to be free from what we call reprisal. Yep. Reprisal is when an employee is punished. And again, that could be a demotion. It could be a termination. It could be anything that negatively affects that employee. They uh, have the right to be free from reprisal as a result of raising harassment or a bullying complaint in the workplace. So imagine you, John, as an employee of the company, if someone is bothering you at work and you, you, know, you bring that issue to HR and you say, HR, this person's bullying me. I can't take this anymore. They're ruining my day every single day. Your employer cannot punish you from, uh, even if ultimately they investigate and find that the other employee did nothing wrong, your employer cannot punish you for raising that concern, uh, John, and you have the right to be free from reprisal. If you are let go for that reason, then again, we are talking about additional damages because it is a violation of health and safety laws in Ontario, of the Occupational Health, health and Safety Act in Ontario. So not only would you be owed severance if you're let go in that situation, you'd be looking at additional damages as well. 416-870-6400. Uh, Laura, thanks for standing by, my friend. How are you tonight? I'm well, thank you. And yourself? Great. Thanks for taking the time to call us. What's up? Um, so my question is, I have an employee who is on LTD, and <clears throat> there is a possibility that the business could be sold before that person is ready to come back to work. So I, I wonder what happens to that employee who's on LTD if you sell. Great question, uh, Laura, and I'm glad I'm glad you asked. Uh, the short answer is nothing really changes, Laura, in the sense that she would re remain effectively an inactive employee of the company. Um, she, you know, again, this speaks to the reason for termination. The purchasing entity here, the new employer that would be coming on and kind of taking taking over, they cannot yep. let that employee go. Laura, because she's on medical leave, that would be discrimination, right? If there is perhaps a reason that is entirely unrelated to her medical leave, right? So for example, if the new, if the purchasing company is taking in and, you know, they have no interest in 
you know, continuing a, a particular department of your company or a particular, you know, side of your company and that employee is employed within that group, well, then that makes sense, right? You don't, you don't have to keep an employee on if you're closing the entire department, for example. But if it's not that kind of situation, and I suspect that it isn't, they would have the obligation to continue her employment and she'd remain on medical leave. It's as simple as that until she's ready to return, if she's ever able to return. Lots of employees, especially if they're on LTD, there's a decent chance they may never be able to return back to work again. And that's a bit of a different conversation. But yeah, there's probably an obligation there, uh, Laura, to, to keep her employed, even if it's, if it's with the new entity, with the new employer. Well, that's good to know. Any other uh, questions? Here. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much, Laura. Got to uh, got to move on. But if there's any other questions, you can always reach out to Alex. He's ready for that conversation uh, for you and your concerns. Of course, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Going to quickly get to uh, Kevin. Hey, Kevin, your last call for the uh, the night. I think what's going on, pal? Hey, I'm just calling just because I work at a I work at a drugstore, but. The drugstore is going to be changing ownership and just wanted to know when a business purchases another business like that, um, are the employees entitled to any sort of severance? And is that dependent on like any changes to contract? Yeah, great questions, uh, Kevin. A couple of things to look out for here. So if your employment is continuing with the purchasing company, with the new employer, then no is the answer to your first question. You would not be owed any severance in those kinds of circumstances. Importantly, Kevin, your years of service, your seniority continue with the new company. So you don't become a day one employee of that new company, provided your employment is kind of seamless and continuous from one employer to the other, right? Your years of service continue to count. Your your, your previous start date with your current employer is still your start date for the sake of calculating your length of service, right? So severance isn't paid in a situation like that. Now, if the new employer doesn't bring you on, right, doesn't want to hire you and continue your employment, well, then, yes, that would be a termination like any other, yeah. uh, Kevin, and you would be owed severance in that situation, but severance what? from the old employer, Kevin, if, if the new employer doesn't doesn't bring you on. What if there are changes to a bonus structure? Does that constitute as a change of like um, change to? Yeah, great question. Center? Great question. My, my recommendation, Kevin, only because we're starting to run out of time, is this is certainly a conversation that is worth having in, you know, in private uh, and reviewing with an employment lawyer. You're absolutely right to ask that question, Kevin, because it is really important to compare your current terms of employment versus what the new employer, what the purchasing employer is offering you. If the difference between those terms, and you mentioned the bonus, right? If the difference between that bonus structure and your current bonus structure is significant, right? And we can have a chat about what significant is or isn't. Well, then you potentially have the right to refuse that offer of employment. But only if the change, only if the difference, Kevin, is actually significant. If it's negligible, if it's not going to make a huge difference to your overall pay in the long run, you may not have much leverage or options uh, there. So it really depends on how closely those terms of employment uh, are. Listen, before you sign anything, Kevin, make sure you speak with an employment lawyer. Give us a call. John will give you the number, of course. Let's have a chat off air about it. Very delicate situation for any employee when we're talking about the sale of a business. Very good. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate that. And we are just about out of time. Nicely handled, sir. Alex, you are done for the night as well. I will let you go. And if you didn't get a chance to call in and ask questions, don't worry about it. We're back in here tomorrow again at 630. In the meantime, reach out to Alex and his team 
Always a pleasure to uh, to have that call with you. That's what they say. One eight five five eight two one. 5,900, you can send along an email too. Maybe we'll get to it tomorrow's show. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, your first stop, even before the phone call, you can use it for so many things when it comes to educating yourself. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Back in tomorrow, 6.30 with the Tuesday edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy the rest of your night. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.